When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, of course, is a former NFL wide receiver and currently ESPN football analyst. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, what was your playing weight? Probably uh, one between 182 and 185. Where are you at now? Where are you at now? Uh, 193. Ooh. Don't even, doesn't even look like it, though. No. I know. Everybody, like, I look so slim, man. I, I see it in the shoulders, though, man, because you got the fitted shirt Yeah, I got them broad shoulders. What do you think? Like, Waves, right. long arms. Yeah, you do. Oh, I already, too. that's the first thing I peeped. <laughs> I, I said the key when you came to, I was like, damn, you see his wingspan? <laughs> How tall are you, so Harry? like an eight and a half foot hey, wingspan? Harry got me by two inches, right? How much? Who do you think weighs more, me or Harry? Harry. No? Well, what are you now? You said 193? Yeah. We're probably about the same. Okay. Athletes are built different, man. Yeah. <laughs> Athletes are, are built different. They look bigger than you when they're like, uh, you see an athlete, what do you weigh? 162 pounds. <laughs> what? Well, you look twice my I size. Was, What's I going was on? laughing. My son the other day, Harry, we're, we're playing. He's 10 months. His name is Zane. And he's just, he's infatuated with the basketball, man. Like, I, I, it's like a dream to me. My daughter wants to wear princess outfits and <laughs> talk about what color her nails are, right? Which I, I love that, too. But my son is like, ah, just like the ball slapping on it just all the time, right? And my wife was, like, showing him dribbling. And I just took the ball. I was like, yes, on the, and I saw it on the screen. I was like, damn, I just, I didn't know I'd keep the ball so low and so fast. Daddy still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, still, still does it. a little pop here. Can still do it. But it's just, I kind of just laugh because I think sometimes we just, it's just what we do. You just forget. Because you're not just athletes. You guys you were the best. Like, people who play in the NFL and, and the NBA at a high level are the best athletes who ever lived. You know what I mean? So it's not just like, oh, yeah, I played basketball. No, no. You were the number two overall draft pick. You were two-time player of the year. You were, you know, you were. I got, I caught heat the other day because I was messing with Jay. I was like, Jay, I'll lock you up. Clearly, I was just joking. Oh, you said that? Like, bro, like so many people were tweeting me and sending me messages like, you watch your mind. Jay, I cross you up. I, like, I follow the hell out of Jay, too. Yeah. He, as soon as he crossed me, I'm going to follow the trip of Why you got to put the leg out? Don't okay. Grayson Allen, man. Come hey, on, man. You know Grayson Allen is a good dude. <laughs> I, that's my, By the way, my father coached him. He basketball. is a good dude. He just makes my, poor my, decisions my, sometimes. Man, that is and then you get all that line. I literally line, have line. never heard anyone say what you just said. That is the first time <laughs> I ever heard. <laughs> I don't Never care. Heard he's a I good don't, dude. I don't care he's what anybody dude, else man. does. He just, and comes uh, from a great family, great dude. Agreed. Just a, a couple poor bad well, decisions. Just don't jump hey, toward it, the rim it, in his vicinity. Oh, yeah. Just don't. Because <laughs> he'll try to end your career. Again. Stop. Um, the athletes' kids are different, too. Let me tell you something. I won't. <laughs> Max's face when you said that, though. Max is like, wait, what? Grayson <laughs> Allen. What? But, but I was going to say, like, I know, obviously, in this business for 25 years, so I know a lot of world-class athletes, and sometimes, like, the kids play together and stuff. And you see even someone you don't think of as crazy athletic, their kid, when they're three, four, they're playing with your kid, a civilian, you know, like <laughs> a regular way. human, and you're like, that. How did that kid get ripped? What's he lifting weights? He's three years old. Prime example of that, Max. When Juwan Howard stands next to Greg Gard, you're yeah. like, oh, one dude, six eight, yeah. two hundred forty five pounds. Yeah, like, what's a little dude who's five five? What's he doing? In Greg there? wouldn't guard him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but Michigan men's basketball coach Juwan Howard 
as Jay just mentioned. Um, by the way, that's Learfield IMG Sports sound coming in. Juwan Howard took a swipe at Wisconsin assistant Joe Krabenhoff's face in a post-game handshake line between the two teams, which set off a brawl involving coaches and players from both sides. Brawl, I don't know. It's some pushing and shoving and stuff. And Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard, this is how it all started. Well, let's back it up. They're up, what is it, Jay, 15 with 14 it's like, seconds? It's double digits, easy, like 13, 14, 15, that range. So Michigan's still pressing. Yep, which teams typically do when they're down double digits in a ballgame. So Greg Gard takes a timeout. Mm-hmm. Which basketball code pretty much means, yeah, it's kind of like, not that I'm openly stating I'm embarrassing you, but it's a little bit. You have plausible. Jay has explained this two or three times in this show already. There's plausible deniability from the coach because, you know, the uninitiated could say, or even people who know something could say, hey, you know what? If you're going to continue to teach your kids to play the right way through the buzzer, why shouldn't the other coach teach them to play the right way and call a timeout and get it together? Well, as Jay explains, that's plausible deniability. In other words, look, I have cover. The reality is you're trying to show the other coach up. So, in the handshake line, Greg Gard, who called the timeout and showed Juwan Howard up, stopped Juwan, grabbed him with his left arm, grabbed Juwan Howard by the right arm force, forcefully and tried to stop him from just blowing by him, right? And Juwan Howard put his hand on his chest and was like, don't do that. And that's how it really started. Don't touch me is exactly what he said. Don't touch me, right. Krabenhoff then came over after all this, and then Howard reached out and struck Krabenhoff's face, which obviously you And I'm glad do. you put it that way because, I, I, oh, my God, Jawan Howard punched a Wisconsin assistant. He struck him in the face. Thank he you swiped for at him way. with an open-hand-ish kind of – it wasn't a tight fist, I'm going to try to deck this dude. He just kind of lashed out, which is not okay. Hand, yeah. It's right. not okay. And also, Juwan Howard ought to be ashamed of himself because nothing happened after he landed the shot. Got to at least knock the guy down if you land a clean shot. But it wasn't a clean shot. Jokes aside, it wasn't a clean shot. Um, Jeez. There's no way to win in that situation. Either you do damage, and now you're really in trouble. That's assault, right? Yeah. Or you don't do damage, you're going to get clowned a little bit anyway. All right, look. Juwan Howard, Michigan head coach at the post-game presser. Uh, what happened in the fight, his side of things? For someone to touch me? And I think that was un- very uncalled for for him to touch me as we were verbalizing and communicating with one another. So uh, that's what ended up happening. And that's what escalated it. If you could, I guess, expand on that a little more, what, what no, led to... No, I would to- not expand on it. I just well, share with you the story, what happened. Well, as far as touching, I mean, obvious, there's obvious touching with the handshake line. There, it must have been more than that, is oh, what yeah, you're saying. more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touching, touching me unnecessary wasn't, wasn't caused for that when we were talking. And at that, at that point, you know, I thought that was, you know, time to protect myself. I better not follow up with any more questions. He might well, swipe at you, Jay. That, that's <laughs> where those I get, are tough questions. Yeah, but I get a little bit lost there, Harry, um, on that last part about because obviously the, the touching aspect they had already been separated, right, uh, for a minute. Uh, now, in in real time, it, it seemed like it was all but what, like a minute that they've been separated, like thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, even though it felt like it was ten minutes. But, like, that's the part where I, I get lost a little bit with Juwan's reaction to that because he was being pulled away from the altercation. And then he jumped back into the altercation when he, you know, struck the other coach's head, which then sparked or initiated, you know, fists being thrown. 
and that kind of created the aftermath. And I think that's where I have a problem. Yeah, there's like everyone has impulses throughout like their lives to do something. And the whole point about maturity and becoming an adult is that you're able better to control those impulses. The impulse got the better. He was impulsive. And being impulsive is a very bad quality in a head coach. It's not a good quality. And that people, I think, underneath it all, that's what we're looking at. As a role model, as a leader of young men, you cannot give in to the impulse in those moments. Now, Max, it didn't happen, but what if, you always play this game, what if a player, because of that, got knocked square in the nose and, like, let's say some had a concussion or somebody had some kind of threatening, life-threatening injury. I always play hypotheticals in these situations, but, like, that incident would then have been started from a swing that your head coach. It's a bad look. Greg Gard gave his side of the story at the post-game presser. He came up to me and pulled his max, max down and said, I'll remember that. And he started pointing it at me and tapped me in the chest. And I said, hold on. Let me explain to you why I took the time out. Maybe he doesn't know the rule that you get the 10 seconds reset. I wasn't going to put my players in that type of situation to have to break a f- press in four seconds. That's where it started that he said, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. And I said, hey, let me tell you why I did what I did. And he didn't want any part of it and kept moving on. So that's unfortunately, like I said, it's. That's it overshadowed momentarily. That's what we call having different versions of a story, Max and Jay. But it's because, on video. Yeah, it, it, but it's on video because what Greg Gard just explained is not what happened. Some of what he explained happened, but he left the part out of him grabbing Jawan Howard and standing in his way so he cannot walk. He reversed He, he reversed the chronology in yeah. his version. And by the way, human memory is imperfect. You can mess those details up and not be conniving, right? Mm-hmm. But, but Greg Gard stated, he put his finger in my chest, and then I grabbed him and said, wait a minute. That's not what I saw. What I saw is them walking by each other and Greg Gard grabbing his arm. Exactly. And then Jawan Howard put his hand on him. But even the pettiness goes to show you of – how these two feel about each other, right? Because even, you know, on top of the, you know, the great awareness that you guys just picked up on about, you know, just those two stories not being the same, the the pettiness, backhanded kind of slight of, well, maybe he doesn't know what the 10-second rule is, right? Like, Juwan Howard, a guy that's played in the league, that's coached with Eric Spostra and Pat Riley, and who's played at a high level. Does not know what a ten. Wait, are you saying goes. it's condescending or it's BS? It's like again well, it's plausible deniability. And BS on top of it, it's just like yo, we don't rock with each other. I don't like this man. The That's problem much what when you take a swing is it obliterates Agreed. everything that led up to it. Yeah, I agree. With it you. obliterates it. So now Jawan Howard, rightfully, is dealing with this, and no one's going to be really. I mean, we got into detail, but usually people will blow by what led up to it because he took the swing. But, and that's exactly my point, Max. Like. A position that Jawan Howard is in, you have to recognize as soon as you do that, Greg Gard, Wisconsin, they beat you. Yep, he they got, got you. you. He got, got you. Got you exactly where he wanted you to go. He Even beat if it was you, and then he beat he you again. You, yep. And then he stopped you. He got. He, he created. He incited a reaction from you. Open and up that reaction. Box. Exactly is now the thing that we will be yep. talking about as it relates to Michigan basketball. You know what Mike Tyson says nowadays? Mike's had such a great second act in American life, right? He says that when you hate somebody, you go on like not forgiving them or whatever. 
they own real estate in your head. He goes, they, they, he said, they're your master now. They got you. Because that's why he's like, no, I don't, I don't hold the grudge. I don't hate like that. You remember it, but you don't continue to allow them to, to, to get you like that. He got him. He got him. Listen, Juwan is also a young head coach. And these are learning experiences. No one is, you know, yeah, born. The only, no the only problem is, Max, you, you combine what happened yesterday with the history, right, in which he didn't get suspended for how he got ejected versus Maryland. And then what Mark Turgeon said about him that got reported to the media, he said, I want to blink and kill you. You start combining those things, and that creates an interesting narrative for people to go down. College basketball season's heating up. That means Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to watch as this season rolls on. Purdue's Jaden Ivey and Gonzaga's Drew Tim are two players to watch every day as game day with Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of the NCAA. Choose wisely, choose Wendy's. Jaden Ivey's a beast, by the way. If you haven't seen him or watched him play, he will be the first pick or the second pick in the NBA draft. LeBron out on the right. He's going to turn, he's going to fade, and he's going to hit it for the win! The King of Cleveland returns! LeBron James winning the 71st NBA All-Star game. I could not have dreamed of that moment any better than the actuality that just happened. 35 minutes south of where I grew up here in Akron, Ohio, to get a game winner in an All-Star game where me, I couldn't picture that moment any better. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Harry Douglas in for Key. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Emmett Golden, co-host of The Next Level with Emmett and Gerard on ESPN 850 Cleveland, joins us now. Good morning, Emmett. Good morning, guys. So uh, LeBron makes a comment about a potential return to Cleveland. And, and what happened? Did everyone's heads explode at that point? Like, what happened in that moment? You know, I think everybody thought to themselves, you know what, it would be pretty cool if LeBron did come back and Cleveland's, you know, sports hopes and dreams weren't on the line like they had been, you know, the previous times when he was drafted, he was supposed to be the savior. When he came back uh, after leaving and going to the Heat, he had to be the savior. And, And I think right now at this point in his career, especially with this young nucleus that the Cavs have, the thought was, hey, if he comes back, it would be cool, but our success and happiness wouldn't all be dependent on LeBron's success. So it's actually been a pretty cool idea, and it seems like a long shot, but I think Cleveland fans would be uh, excited if that happened at the end of his career. And, Emmett, I got to start it off like this. Cleveland, this one's for you. (laughs) (laughs) But back to the fans, though, because you just mentioned them a little bit right there, man. Would they accept LeBron? Uh, coming back to Cleveland? I think a large amount of fans would. Believe it or not, there are still a handful of fans in Cleveland that are mad about when he left and went to the Heat. And they're just never going to accept them. But they're, they're in the minority. It's, you know, it's almost like LeBron and Cleveland did business. They had their ups and downs throughout, you know, their business venture. And at the end, they made the money that they wanted to make, and they went their separate ways, and everybody was happy. So um, everyone's pretty much content with the relationship that LeBron has with Cleveland right now, except for the handful of people that, you know, will never forgive him for wearing that shirt and going on TV and taking the town from South Beach. Mm. Emmett Golden, co-host of The Next Level with Emmett and Jared on ESPN 850 Cleveland, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. EG, I had a question for you. Do you think Dan Gilbert would ever be open to allocating a piece of ownership 
for LeBron James and his crew to buy? That is a, a fantastic question. I think it is possible. Um, a lot of we know LeBron wants to own an uh, NBA team, wants to be a team owner, really, regardless of sport. But we know that uh, the NBA is important to him. So I think he would be interested. I think Dan would be interested in, in doing some business. I know that since, you know, Dan has had his health issues, he's essentially been grooming his kids to take over. So that's the interesting part. If he, you know, ultimately gives control to his kids, I mean, I'm sure they love LeBron, right? They were little, uh, they were really little when LeBron was around, and, and I know they really look up to him. So they might be even more likely to do business if they're controlling the team. But I do think there's an opportunity once LeBron retires to maybe own a little piece of the Cavaliers and, you know, hopefully one day to owning the entire team. But uh, I don't think it necessarily has to be the Cavs for LeBron. Um, you know, I think he's going to pursue a team one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on LeBron James? Pretty much just saying the market is open for my son, Bronny James, and that I would like to play one year with him, essentially a last hurrah. I think it's beautiful. You know, any dad, you know, I, you know, regardless of where they work, whether they're an athlete or a mechanic or anything, I think we would all love to work you know, with our children, whether it's our son or our daughter or anything like that. So I understand why LeBron would want to do that. He's powerful enough to make that decision, like what team is going to say, no, LeBron, we don't want you, you know, even if it is at the end of his career. So, look, Bronny's a hell of a basketball player. I think he's going to get an opportunity and, and be drafted. So um, I think it's a wonderful story and really a goal that I think every parent has. Yeah, I guess, although. You see your family all day, and then you go to work, and they're the kids. And- <laughs> <laughs> Mama's happy. Great point. Great. All right. Great you know point. what I mean? Like, you want to work with the family. I don't know. It's- I mean, Emmett, would you be cool if that happened in Cleveland? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, the reason I'd be cool with it, because look, it's not a situation where, like, LeBron's going to come in and take over. And I know that sounds crazy, right? Like, if at the end of his career, if the, if the Cavs are in a place to draft Bronny, they're going to already be in a pretty good situation. I mean, Darius Garland, you know, Evan Mobley, J.A., they have some future stars in the making that's on this team. So in two or two or three years, they're going to be good. You that, know, that's so the I don't thing. even know if they'll have an opportunity. Emmett, that's the thing. LeBron goes to Miami because they wouldn't get him any help in Cleveland. And Dwayne Wade and then Chris Bosh are going to meet him there. Then they already have Kyrie Irving. They keep drafting one overall, one overall. He knows, oh, we could get another star in there. Now he's in Cleveland. Then Kevin Love falls off. It does not working with Kyrie. Now, oh, the Lakers have a lot of young guys. I could get a superstar in there with me. He goes to L.A., and now the reality of Cleveland is they got a good young team with tradable assets, and they don't even have to make sure they're good now. So it's an attractive destination just from a basketball point of view. It's extremely attractive. You know, uh, again, I think, think about it. Like LeBron, when he came back to Cleveland, he was like, I'm going to come to Cleveland and Kyrie is going to be the guy. My plan is to hand things off to him. Didn't work out. He went to LA and I believe his thought when he went to the Lakers is AD is going to be the guy and I can hand the torch to him and I can be the, the second guy. You know, he's really wanted to have some young person that he plays with really blossom and become the man of that team. Well, there's three guys that could be the man in Cleveland if he feels like he's ready to come home, uh, you know, in a couple years. 
Emmett, I want to get your thoughts on LeBron deciding to be a father first in this, uh, I'll just say in this, in this messaging, in this whole ordeal, right? Like, I'm going to put my son at the forefront and set him up for success. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, he always has. You know, when he left Cleveland the first time, I was one of those fans that was upset. And then I was covering an Ohio State game, and I saw him on the field pregame playing catch with his sons. And I saw when security escorted him to Gene Smith's box, and I watched him hold on tightly to his kids. And it was at that moment I said, LeBron loves those kids more than the fame, more than the money, more than anything. And I, this is just him sticking to his script. LeBron is the father first, and I respect the hell out of him for it um, because I think he's a great example to not only fathers now, but even young men uh, who have dreams of being good dads. So I think LeBron's doing it the right way, and he should be ap- applauded for that. Emmett Golden, ladies and gentlemen, co-host of The Next Level with Emmett and Gerard on ESPN 850 Cleveland. Thanks for jumping on with us this morning. Appreciate you guys having me. Likewise. So uh, it's interesting, man. Cleveland, a good destination for LeBron. If Gilbert would potentially sell him at least a piece of the team or clutch sports or whatever, a piece of the team. Uh, And they got all that basketball talent. Jay, they don't even have to have a high draft pick or make a move. They could just add LeBron James. And in terms of what he's saying about he wants a young guy to take, the problem is LeBron's always too good for his own good. He's still like, even when he doesn't, he wants someone else to take over. He's too good. He's always the best player on the team. So can you imagine if it had worked out, considering where the Cavs are this year in the Eastern Conference, if they keep ascending to the right direction? Right, uh, with Darius Garden, with the way they play. I mean, they're fourth in the East right now. They just traded for Karis LeVert, which yep. was huge which was to huge. me. Look at you breaking. I love when you which, talk hoops this which, way. Which was huge Yeah, to LeVert me. can take over a game. We exactly. Yes. So yeah. now you're telling me if they keep that core together in a year and a half from now, you get LeBron James. You know how much James, better Mobley will be by then? And LeBron James gets a chance to get his fifth NBA championship, regardless of whatever role he in plays Cleveland. in Cleveland. Y'all want to know what my highlight of All-Star weekend was? The chemistry between those three Cleveland players and Mm. Garland, Mobley, and Allen. Seeing those guys around each other and knowing what they can be in the future, the future is bright in Cleveland, and they're they're making noise right now. They're missing a ball handler who is capable of being the best player on a championship team, right? If they got LeBron, that box is checked. They could win the whole thing. Ching, ching. Who should be punished for the fight between Michigan and Wisconsin? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers download the podcast. Harry Douglas in for Key today. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Analyst. Do I, even, do I even have to say who he is? The czar. You don't know. You don't even like sports. What are you doing listening to us? He's co-host of Bald Men on Campus podcast. Uh, Have you had Jay on for a guest spot yet? Uh, Jay Billis, have you had our own Jay Will on yet? We have not. It's mostly been due to his diva-type scheduling of red carpet events. And plus, he is bald by choice. Uh, And that that bothers me. It's a gray area, Jay. I hate all you guys. It's a gray area. It's so blooded. So um, the Michigan-Wisconsin postgame brawl, Jay, what's your take? You know, Max, I was was very disappointed, as as I think most people were. But my disappointment ranged, you know, was on a a bunch of different levels. One, that, that this was started by and instigated by coaches. This wasn't an issue for players. It was the quote-unquote adults in the room who acted like little babies. And there are different levels of culpability, Juwan Howard being the on the highest level of culpability, but no one was blameless in this. And, and the thing that disappointed me most, honestly, was that after uh, tempers flared and the coaches went into to their press events, uh, there was no expression of regret from either one of them that the uh, that it even happened, and uh, and would it have been so hard to say you know what I'm I'm sorry this even happened, and I I had wished that someone in the press had asked both coaches, uh, were you proud of your actions and your words during the incident, and to see what they said because I can't imagine either one of them were proud, and even when when Greg Gard was trying to explain it and, and said, well, maybe Juwan Howard didn't know the rule. And I'm like, really? I mean, are, are, is that where we are in this kind of thing that we can't, we can't express some regret that the incident happened and that everyone shares at least some responsibility in it. And there are differing levels of responsibility, differing levels of culpability, but no one in this was blameless. So JB, with that being said, what should the punishments be if they're plural, uh, and or how? What should the repercussion be? Let's start off with Juwan Howard first. You know, I don't know, Jay. It, 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 it I've got some mixed feelings on this because I know what's going to happen. We're all going to express our disgust over it, and then the next time these teams play, 
media is going to use it uh, to, to hype the event and talk about how passionate the rivalry is and, and how competitive everybody is, all that stuff. Um, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. It should be no less than it would be for a player, because I, I tend to think that we would be shaking our fingers at players and, and saying that the adults in the room know better. And it was the adults in the room that started this. Now, the players are adults, too. We, we tend to infantilize the players all the time in college sports, and, and they're adults. And some of them have their own children. But, but the, the, it was the coaches that acted like babies here. And I think the focus should be on the coaches. And if, it's, if the sanctions are any less than it would be for a player, uh, that, would, that would frost me a little bit. But, but I, I think suspensions are in order and, uh, and reprimands are in order. Uh, and, and I know the schools are going to work with the conference to, uh, to hash this thing out and they'll go through it like the Zapruder film in order to, to fix everything. But, uh, but I, I don't think anybody here can feel good about the way they behave either during the incident or after. Jay, I want to talk to you about the standard that we have for coaches, especially these coaches that these players look up as being role models and being leaders of their teams, right? Uh, from, a few different perspectives, what we've seen transpire yesterday between these coaches, um, Jawan Howard, guard, and the assist, other assistant coach for Wisconsin. But then you look at other coaches across the league. Krabenhoff. Krabenhoff. And then you look at other coaches that we have in, in sports who get DUIs and, do th- and have things of that nature. And I just think that we're at a point to where we – don't hold coaches to a standard, one simple standard, and the needle is moved on a numerous of occasions. And I don't like that when it comes to sports because if these coaches are supposed to be role models and guys that players and these student athletes look up to, I feel like the standard should be held and should not be compromised when it comes to any situation with coaches. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And that's a very insightful question, which leads me to conclude that must have been Harry yep. that asked it. Uh, <laughs> you think that insults Jay? Jay? <laughs> it's innocent bystanders. <laughs> also, it doesn't insult us. That's fine. You can't insult us. <laughs> well, but but, but it, it is true that, that you know, coaches are going to – nobody gets a free pass. I'm not suggesting that. But because we put winning at such a high premium, uh, there, we're, we're going we're gonna to give the coaches at times a, a free pass. And, and look, there was a fight uh, a couple years ago at Kansas. Uh, it was Kansas, Kansas State. And the tone of the aftermath and, and the commentary was much different when it was a player uh, than, than when it's a coach, frankly. And, and if a player gets a DUI, Harry, to your point, uh, I think the discussion's a heck of a lot different than it, it is when a coach gets it. And so, yeah, I think we do have, in this regard, a double standard. And, and look, in college sports, we like to pontificate a lot. And, and by we, I mean the administrators, you know, the ADs, the presidents, about, quote, unquote, what this is all about. And I don't often think that our actions uh, reflect the rhetoric. And, and I, for some reason, I, this sticks with me. Like, I, I don't like the rationalization or of excuse for bad behavior to say, well, well, I'm a competitor uh, because I think that's the absence of competitiveness to, to use that, that, you know, you're a competitor when the game's going on, but once the game's over, the competition is over and, and you have to, you know, competitors accept that they may lose. 
and you have to act appropriately uh, after a contest. And look, you can go back in your coach's room and complain about all these ridiculous unwritten rules about, uh, you know, you shouldn't press when you're down or you should have your walk-ons in and you shouldn't call timeouts, but, but act appropriately and then go back in your coach's room and say, that guy shouldn't have called the timeout that angers me or whatever, but what are you going to do about it? Um, uh, it, this whole thing about did a guy call the timeout, should they have been pressing when you put your, when you take your starters out, that, that's all, that's all a misdirection. And the issue was how did you behave? And then what are the values uh, of your program in, in meeting out punishment or sanction? Uh, we're going to find out and, and we're all going to move on from this. And I'm, I'm telling you that this is going to be front and center the next time these two teams play. And we're going we're gonna to use this as, look how passionate this rivalry is, and there's bad blood, and you got to watch this. Um, so all of us need to, uh, need to start sticking to our values, at least our stated ones, uh, when, we, when we do this stuff. That's Jay Billis, ESPN college basketball analyst, of course. Took just gratuitous shots at Jay and me. Uh, completely uncalled for <laughs> right after he's talking about how everyone has to be accountable for their behavior. Just awful, awful. <laughs> Showing, although I suppose it was during the competition. Now we can shake hands. No sucker punches, Jay. <laughs> Co-host of Bald Man on Campus. Check it out. One day Jay will get an invite, but he's bald by choice-ish. By choice only. Ish. Yes. The great Jay Billis, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, right, Jay. JB. And, Max, you are always welcome. You're only a razor away from being a guest <laughs> on that great show. <laughs> I, by the way, I had a baldy once upon a time, but again, by choice. Um, what one NFL hiring from this weekend could mean for the entire league? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, former NFL wide receiver and ESPN football analyst Harry Douglas in for Keyshawn today. Former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores has a new home, guys. Now, let's just remember this quickly. Brian Flores inherited a mess of a team from Adam Gase. They lost their first four games by a combined score of 163 to 26. Mm. 
I'd never heard of that even in the NFL. We were asking on TV, is this the worst team of all time? Of all time, is this the worst team? We asked that. <clears throat> By the end of that season, he'd won five of his last nine games. Team never quit on him. Next season, they won 10 games. Last year, after a disastrous start, they won eight of their last nine games. He had a winning season. And then he lost his job. By the way, what's your job in the AFC East? Beat Bill Belichick. He was beating him like a drum. Bing bong. So, Brian Flores has a new home. As a head coach, right? Wrong. Not as a head coach. Well, he's suing the NFL after all, right? He ain't going to hire him as a head coach. So, they hired him as a coordinator, of course. Ah, oh, he shouldn't take the demo- Wrong. Not as a coordinator. He's a special assistant positions coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Harry Douglas. Is that coincidental that the Rooney Rule family, Pittsburgh Steelers, who had, when this hiring cycle started, the only African-American head coach in the NFL? Is it coincidence that Flores gets a job with them? They did what every other NFL team wasn't going to do. And I mean, wasn't going to do. They hired... Brian Flores, which was the right thing to do, not only because he's a man of color, because of his accolades and what he brings to the table as a coach. Now, their team is way, way better. You look at that that inside linebackers group, because they do play at 3-4, the inside linebackers was the, def- the deficiencies on that defense. Now you have a guy on Brian Flores who's been a head coach, who's been a defensive coordinator, who understands that position, he played the game, and he can – Put his stamp on a lot of things. Now, not saying take over because Terrell Austin is a defense coordinator, but you add another piece to the puzzle for greatness. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you just alluded to, Max, they're the organization who came up with the Rooney Rule. They had the one black head coach before this hiring cycle. And they stepped out of the box and did what was, I'll say, courageous, but not only courageous because he's a black man, because of his accolades, though. Like, he fits the mold in Pittsburgh. He's a hell of a coach. and Overqualified, wouldn't you say? Overqualified. And players get an opportunity to play for him defensively. Now, this is something a lot of people don't understand about the National Football League and why it's so troubling because you don't have black coaches or people of color in certain positions. 70% of the league is black. But behind the scenes, these position coaches – deal with these players more so than the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and head man. They are the glue that keep things together, that can relate to these players that a lot of people can't relate to. So that's, that's, that's the reason why I'm upset why you don't have so many people of color in these positions because they have been the glue to keep things together, but you don't want them and being at the forefront. You know something, Jay? One thing about Flores that impresses me, and they don't come from the same coaching tree. No. But – Flores reminds me of Tomlin in certain respects. Leave coaching trees, which aren't the same out of it. Leave race, everything out of it, right? Just in terms of Flores seems to me to know one way, straight ahead, right? Like he doesn't have time for the BS. He's a no-nonsense kind of coach who players seem to love to play for. Tomlin's the exact same way. It seems like a good styles match. Yeah, this all comes down to me to a song by J. Cole, Applying Pressure. Right? It's the same way that you see LeBron James applying pressure to the Lakers organization about their moves that they didn't make before the trade deadline. If that's him quote-tweeting Les Snead or him talking about how great Sam Presti is during All-Star Weekend. This is the team 
that pushed the league to implement the Rooney Rule, named after their owners, the team who has the one black head coach in all the NFL saying, not on our watch. We're going to keep this narrative going. And think about if, if Brian Flores doesn't have a job. He probably still pops up here and there on different shows. You might hear a conversation or two nationally about when a new piece of evidence has revealed itself in a discrimination lawsuit. But what it does now keeps Brian Flores very, very visible. It gets players constantly talking about it, and it shows him and puts him in such a positive light by like, and don't not- let that defense pop now. Don't let that defense pop now. It it keeps him relevant. Applies pressure. It keeps him relevant. It doesn't allow him to be blackballed. But now he's still in the the cycle of things. He never got to coach Minka Fitzpatrick, or did he for a half season? I believe he did. For a half season, and then they traded him. That's going to be interesting, too. Because Minka Fitzpatrick is what stopped the Steelers' season from falling apart. We give Tomlin a lot of credit. But when he got there, that defense held strong, and they won. They went 500 that year without Roethlisberger, right? But the, I wonder how that all works, the fact that Minka was traded out of Miami and now Brian Flores oh, is back they're, there. They'll figure it out. They'll figure hey, it out. Can I say this? I, I remember this is back in the day when D-Wade was thinking about going to Chicago, and there was a lot of talk around how Chicago treated players that were their own, like, you know, Scottie Pippen, relationships of that sort, right, things around him, Jerry Krause, Jerry Reinsdorf. And I started thinking about, like, man, okay, if you're a player that could be a free agent, or if you're a player that's part of the Steelers organization, you see that you're like, yo, I want to be a part of that. They take care of, they take care of people. Like, they take care of their own. And in, yep. the, in, the, in the day and age, Harry, where you know a lot of relationships are more transactional, I get the business side of things, that seems more like a transformative conversation about right. what this organization means to football. Miami, Heat, Miami Heat's like that. Udonis Haslam might you mess did, around and get facts. some minutes in the finals this <laughs> year. Yes. Udonis Haslam... He passed away 10 years ago. He's going to play in the final. Like, he's not 100 years old. But Miami, if you do things the right way, like right. Mafia they bring you yes. back. They take care of their own. And people like to go to Miami. That's I mean, Miami has something to do with it, but so does Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra and the culture they created down there. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are the same way. Man. Yep. It's going to be one heck of an upcoming season, I'll tell you that. They can just find that quarterback. They need the quarterback. quarterback. I'm just telling you, Jimmy G to me. Don't give up an arm and a leg, just an arm. Don't give up an arm and a leg for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, just an arm. You got Jimmy G. Good enough. You go on a run. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.